Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We may be past the point of constitutional return in this republic. We're going to have to face it. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in. So sit back and relax as we unfold today's edition of the Ledger Report. And in San Diego, one anchor man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. And so my beloved San Francisco 49ers has swallowed the Black Lives Matter terrorist demand Kool-Aid. The 49ers now move to Santa Clara. They're not the San Francisco 49ers anymore. Back in the days when I would freeze my rear end off at Candlestick Park, we'd buy a couple of cups of cocoa just to keep our hands warm, not even to drink them. Well, all right, we drank them. But two... Not just one, two cups of cocoa to keep your hands warm. Back in the day of John Brody and Gene Washington, back in the day of the beloved Joe Montana and Dwight Clark and even Jerry Rice, even Jerry Rice, the greatest pro football receiver to ever play the game. Bill Walsh. I remember Dick Nolan. Now the 49er ownership has gone fully politically corrupt. Do they even understand what they are doing? Or have they completely sold out to Black Lives Matter? Are they going to rehire Colin Kaepernick now? What a disgrace. What an absolute disgrace to the NFL and the United States of America. So they fly the Stars and Stripes... The flag of California, which has basically become a hammer and sickle now, and right next to it you have Black Lives Matter, a terrorist organization. So you have the once great republic that stood for liberty in the Stars and Stripes, flying in Santa Clara there now where the 49ers play, and right next to it symbols of communism and symbols of terrorism. Way to go, 49ers! Way to go! Way to pollute! The few people you may have left as fans, like myself, who actually wanted to try and root for the team this season. And and maybe, maybe just maybe overlook a couple things. You can't overlook this. You can't overlook a team that's probably, during the national anthem, going to be taking a knee. The entire team, no doubt. No doubt, along with the coaches and they've all swallowed the Kool-Aid or they've been told to swallow the Kool-Aid. I just don't believe the entire team believes in this Black Lives Matter and Antifa garbage. I just don't believe it. I can't believe it. 
I can't believe that they have all drank the Kool-Aid. I do believe that they want their big old salaries. And so if the front office flies Black Lives Matter flags, then they're going to have to either shut up and deal with it or face the consequences. They speak up and say, hey, like, like Drew Brees. Drew Brees was speaking his conscience. Drew Brees was speaking his mind. And then all of a sudden, ho, 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 you betcha, the New Orleans Saints front office, the National Football League, the commissioner, and oh, you bet you, NBC Sports all rained down on him and said, hey, Drew, Drew, guess what? You want to still play in the NFL? You want to be a marquee quarterback? You want your post-NFL career on television with NBC Sports? You better make an apology. You better apologize for your beliefs, for your core values. You better apologize and take a knee. That's where we are as a country. This is not just about the NFL. This is not just about the San Francisco 49ers. This is about the corruption of a once great society. This is about the attempted destruction. And, oh boy, we have seen bits and pieces of our society over the last 60 years or so, 70 years, 80 years, destroyed bit by bit by bit. Incrementalism, destruction to our liberty and our founding document, the United States Constitution, and the Declaration of Independence. Bit by bit by bit, we've seen it chipped away at. Now they're going full throttle. Now it's no holds bar. This is Graham Ledger, and you're listening to the Ledger Report. So are we past the point of no return in this country? This is the question. Can this be fixed? Can we fix government? Can we fix the bureaucracy that made Michael Flynn a prisoner of himself, but turned Michael Flynn into a criminal when he was the hero. I mean, think about it. Think about it. You have a decorated soldier, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, very well-respected guy, and this entire attack on him turned a guy who was highly decorated, defended this republic, a hero, into a zero. Yeah, he's, he's got his name cleared now, but the damage is done. I speak from experience. When they, the radical left, come at you and they hammer you with false accusations, it sticks. Google it. Google Michael Flynn and see what comes up. All these charges that he's a domestic spy and that he had improper conversations with the Russians. It was all lies. Yet it's out there. The damage is done. Millions and millions of dollars spent by Michael Flynn defending his good name. The damage is done. They do it individually, and they do it in large swaths. And they do it posthumously, like Abraham Lincoln. And the statue in Lincoln Park in Washington, D.C. of the Emancipation Proclamation. Twisting the truth. Twisting the meaning of that statue, lying, defacing it, attacking it. Stupid enough Black Lives Matter would come out there and say, we're going to 
tear this thing down, not now, but two days from now. Pretty stupid. <laughs> I mean, you're a criminal. Doesn't mean you're intelligent, right? Yeah, I'm going to come back and I'm going to rob this Walmart two days from now. What do you suppose law-abiding, rational, civil society Americans are going to do? Well, they're going to be ready two days from now, and they're going to stop you. And that's exactly what happened. And so the Emancipation Proclamation tribute of Lincoln with a slave that's lifting up out of the thralls of slavery, that's the symbolism. It's not Lincoln holding a black person down. It's the opposite. But they don't care. They don't care. They care about attacking the foundation of this country. That's all they care about. And if you look at social media right now, it's, and this is my job, right? I have to pay attention to what's going on on social media and watch all these videos. It is hard to watch. I will be honest with you. It's been very hard to do my job lately because it is overwhelming. Somebody came up to me at a restaurant yesterday and said, it must be hard for you right now. There's just so many things going on. You bet. You bet it's hard. It's, it's always been a challenge with the way they've attacked Donald Trump over his presidency because it could, the narrative, the storyline, the headlines change overnight. But now... Now it's something different. Now we're witnessing the internal destruction of the United States of America. Now it's in pockets, I know that. And it's in mostly blue cities, I know that. But blue cities matter too. Right? I, my daughter just moved back from Chicago. Chicago's ground zero for what the Democrat Party has done to the inner city. And it's disgusting. I'm happy that she's out of there. But unfortunately, she got brainwashed along the way into believing some of this stuff. And I don't want to get into this because it really bothers me. She has a constitutional foundation. That's all I'm going to say. I know what her foundation is, and it's me. And I pray to God that at some point she returns to that foundation. But Chicago is extremely emblematic of the problem that exists in this country. And that is... This death grip by the radical left, not on just cities, but on minds in this country. And largely it is because the left has taken over, little by little by little, incrementally again, the school systems. From preschool now, used to be kindergarten, preschool now, all the way through college, beyond college, graduate school, law school, medical school. It is all permeating with radical left philosophy. And so we're churning out these people who are now adults in their 20s and their 30s now who have this warped vision of America and a warped view of history. And so, yeah, they see Black Lives Matter and they say, whoa, there's injustice. We're going to have to join in. These fools. Fools joining in. And these self-loathing white people, and I hate to talk about skin color, I hate it. Hate it. But it's gross what's going on. These people don't even know. They're signing their own death warrant by signing on with these radical groups like Antifa and Black Lives Matter, 
We know Black Lives Matter Foundation. It is a Marxist, socialist foundation. They want to destroy this republic. And now we know the various ways they're trying to destroy this republic. And that has caused anarchy in the streets, attack police, call for the, quote, defunding of police. But that's deep down on their list of demands. If you look at their list of demands, the number one on their list is reparations. In other words, I am supposed to pay a black person money for something that occurred 160 years ago. Does that make any sense to anyone? Hmm? Does that make any sense to anybody? Reparations? Now, if you're talking about reparations for Japanese Americans, Americans of Japanese descent who were stripped of their belongings and their homes and sent off to a concentration camp by FDR, you know, the hero of the left, FDR, sent them off to concentration camps. The government, quote, did pay them reparations. It wasn't reparations, it was restitution. They were attacked by the federal government, and these people were still alive, and their families were still there. So go ahead, yes, compensate them. This is wasn't reparations, it was punitive damages. Absolutely. If the government does wrong, yes, Americans need to be compensated, but we're not going to go back in history. If, if we reach a point, and I mean this, if I disappear one day for an extended period of time, it means I'm moving, and I'm moving probably off the United States, continental United States, all the states in this republic, There's no, there would be nowhere safe, right? If we do the reparation nonsense, I'm gone. I am gone. Because that's it. That would be, pick a point on the slippery slope of no return. The, and the irony, the irony of states like California now looking to reinstitute affirmative action. Affirmative action, affirmative action is discrimination, period. Plain and simple. It's choosing one color of skin or one ethnicity over another. The irony of that is, in California, white people make up 38% of the population. White people are the minority in California. Yet, white people are considered the majority. And they are under attack. Just like we see in Washington, D.C. with the statues under attack. And we see in virtually all these blue major cities, monuments under attack. Now, now in California, they're going after the Duke. And it's funny, you see on social media, and I get text messages from friends, oh, this is it. This is the last straw. Oh, really? I've heard that before. John Wayne's name is going to be removed from John Wayne Airport. It's going to happen. Because John Wayne may have said something in his illustrious career as a great American. He may have said something one time that was bad. Oh, no. 
We can't have that. Everyone must be perfect. Somebody said something bad. And in this case, it's John Wayne. John Wayne said something bad. He did? Yes, he did. And so, what are we going to do about it? Well, we're going to attack him. We're going to remove his name from John Wayne Airport. This is the latest ploy in California to get even. To, what is the point? What is the point of removing John Wayne's name from the airport? What is the point of trying to remove the statue of Abraham Lincoln commemorating the Emancipation Proclamation with a slave right next to him getting up from slavery? Breaking the bonds, the chains of slavery. Why are these so-called protesters tearing down statues of Father Unipra Sarah? Now, Saint Sarah, by the way. Why are they tearing that down? Why in Colorado are these so-called protesters tearing down a statue, a tribute to Union soldiers? Union soldiers, Black Lives Matter. Union. Those were the good guys. Those were the guys who freed the slaves, don't you know? So why are the good guys being assaulted along with the bad guys, so-called? Well, there's a reason for this. You must destroy all facets of a foundation of a country in order to impose the new radical ideology. Just ask Karl Marx. He wrote the book on this. And so that's exactly what Stalin executed. Virtually wiped out religion in the, in the Russian Orthodox Church in the Soviet Union. Wiped out and, and rewrote history. History started when Stalin took over. That's why this is indiscriminate. Indiscriminate on the surface, but below the surface, there's a reason for this. It's an attack on all manners of United States history. All good, along with bad, so-called. But obviously, if we have statues to people, we want to commemorate them and we want to remember them for whatever reason, whatever good they did. We don't erect statues to uh, mass murderers. Last I checked, we don't have a Charles Manson statue. So we erect these things because they did do good. But Black Lives Matter, Marxist socialist philosophy, the Bernie Sanders crowd, they must destroy our history in order to remake history in their own image. Speaking of Bernie Sanders, there's no doubt in my mind that he went away so quietly, so quietly. He didn't put up a fight, did he? Yeah, the COVID thing hit, and Joe Biden went into hiding, and so did Bernie Sanders. They're wimps. They're cowards. Let's face it. But they struck a deal, didn't they? Because it was Bernie Sanders who posed the greatest threat 
to Joe Biden in the nomination? Absolutely, Bernie Sanders. And so during the COVID-19 smokescreen, the two, well, they didn't meet, I'm sure, they, they Zoomed together. They had talks on the telephone. And Joe Biden and his people um, formed a couple of sentences that may or may not have been grammatically correct and may or may not have made any sense. But Bernie Sanders drove, I am sure, the conversations and said, hey, listen, Joe, this is the upshot of the conversations. Hey, listen, sloppy Joe, I'm going to back off. You get the nomination. We need to coalesce. We got this this COVID-19 response going on. It's going beautifully. We're wiping out the economy. And we're harming the re-election chances of Donald Trump. Everything's going great. So let's circle the wagons around sloppy Joe Biden. We're going to circle the wagons around you. But you're going to execute my agenda. You are going to be the empty suit. And Bernie Sanders is going to fill it. That is what is going to happen if Joe Biden, God forbid, is elected president of the United States. And so... This is the greatest conspiracy in the history of this republic. I'm not happy to say that. That doesn't make me happy to say we're, we're enduring the greatest conspiracy in the history of this republic, but that's what the COVID-19 response is. This is the subplot to it, the Joe Biden-Bernie Sanders arrangement. The obvious is the blue state governor's response. Cuomo and Newsom and Pritzker and Wolf, and Whitmer, and the rest of them. They have coalesced around COVID-19, shutting people in, shutting down businesses, hammering the economy, throwing tens of millions of people into unemployment, crushing local mom-and-pop operations and their states, forcing people out of business, forcing people in unemployment, forcing people to commit suicide because they can't handle what's going on, scaring the daylights out of people, all designed to tank the economy just enough to harm the re-election chances of Donald Trump. And so it continues. And there's a spike in cases. There's a spike in cases! What would you expect, Gavin Newsom? What do you expect when you lock up tens of millions of California residents, young, healthy, tens of millions, and then you let them loose after three months? Hmm? What do you expect's going to happen? Now, I've had specialists, I've talked to specialists about this, scientists, doctors, there's no empirical proof that I know of, maybe there is, that when you lock somebody indoors, their immune system becomes somewhat compromised because they're not exposed to anything, right? I mean, that kind of makes sense. Let's stipulate that, or even not. Let's just say, hey, you've locked people up for three months, and then you set them loose. What do you think is going to happen? Disease happens. Viruses happen. If this was in the middle of, say... December, January, you did the same thing. You locked them up for October, November, December, and you set them loose. They're going to have a, millions of cases of the flu. 
The important thing to remember is that the overall death rate year over year has not spiked. So think about that. That's an important statistic. The overall death rate has not spiked in 2020. Why? Ask yourself why. If this is a pandemic, global, regional, or otherwise, if this is a pandemic, then why hasn't the number of dead, the aggregate number of dead, 2020 compared to 2019, 18, 2015, 1915, why hasn't the death rate spiked? Why? Ask yourself that. Why hasn't the death rate spiked? There should be a spike if COVID-19 is killing people at this alarming rate. There should be a blip at least, right? There should be an increase in overall deaths globally or in the United States, right? Doesn't that make sense? It's not happening. Why? Why? I'll tell you why. Because most of these deaths are from comorbidities. People who are suffering from an existing complication. And so they catch the flu, they catch COVID-19, they catch pneumonia, and they die. That's why. In other words, these people would have died anyway. These people would have died from the seasonal flu. These people would have died from pneumonia. These people would have died from their pre-existing condition. That's why there has been no significant spike in the death numbers year over year. Now, what does that tell you? What does that tell you about COVID-19? Do you need anything else? Do you need to hear anything else other than that statistic? Because I, I can go on all day about this. Or we can listen to the dude in California. Roll tape. COVID-19 didn't take summer recess, didn't take the summer vacation. Hasn't gone away. I know a lot of us thought... Stop there. You can hear it in his voice, but if you see the video on this, he's stressed. He's got his jaw clenched. COVID-19 did not take a vacation. You know why he's all stressed out? Because the entire time he's been telling Californians and the rest of the world that we've got to flatten the curve. And once we flatten the curve, everything's going to be okay. And once we flatten the curve, we can open up and we can enjoy our lives again somewhat. He never ever says it's going to be back to 100% normal because he doesn't want to loosen his grip on the people of California. So we've got to flatten the curve. And so what happens? Here it is June, now three months into this farce. And the number of cases is spiking in California. <laughs> in fact, it's off the charts. <laughs> Again, a function of locking people up and then setting them loose. Of course, you're going to have more cases. But what's happening is it first afflicted mostly the median age was 65 years old. Now, three months later, the median age is 35. It's working through the younger sector of society. And that's actually what you want if you want to produce, quote, herd immunity. We know that this virus, for young people, 
has a virtual zero death rate. And young people is defined as 30 or younger. Once you get over 30, there may be some complications. And yes, there's one or two outlier case, but please. Statistically speaking, if you're 30 or under, you're not going to die from the Wuhan coronavirus. You are not going to die. And so the disease, the virus is working its way through young people right now. And, well, that's not a bad thing since they're not dying. And a lot of them aren't even getting sick. Oh, but they're carriers, Graham. They're carriers. Yeah, they're carriers. So if you have a comorbidity and you're over the age of 70, then go ahead, lock yourself up. Wear a mask inside your house. Knock yourself out. Do what you need to do. Do what you would do during the cold and flu season. You would protect yourself. So the cases are going up. And Mr. Clenched Jaw doesn't like it because it's proving him to be a liar. We are open and the cases are going up and the curve is not flattened. The only thing that got flattened are people's businesses in California. So the curve is not flattened and he's not happy about it. And he knows he's stuck. You know why he's stuck? Because if he starts shutting down the economy again, there's 60 billion dollars in the hole right now in Sacramento. That's the capital of California. That's where the governor sits. 60 billion in the hole. Tax revenue. <laughs> you shut down business. Hey, governor, when you shut down businesses, what happens to your tax revenue? Hmm? It disappears. Commerce is shut down, governor. <laughs> you just shot yourself in the foot. We know. We know what's going to happen to Californians in the long run. They're all going to be hit with more taxes. It's going to happen. But he's stuck. Newsom can't wave his magic wand and order everybody in their house again. The economy will collapse in California. He, he can't do this again. And so he's just, he's out there with his, his jaw clenched, saying, damn it! You didn't take a break. It's still out there. You need to listen to me. It reminds me of the scene at the end of the movie of Animal House. And uh, Kevin Bacon is out there saying, all is well. All is well. <laughs> There's mass chaos going on. Roll tape. It's going to get warm. Once it gets hot, it all goes away. Look what's happened in some of those states. They're experiencing triple-digit weather consistently and are experiencing record numbers as well. Stop tape. I've talked about this ad nauseum, and there is truth to what the governor is trying to poo-poo. And that is, you look at places like Vietnam. Vietnam is not that far from China. It's not far from Wuhan. It's a lot closer to Wuhan than San Francisco or New York. It's not just proximity. But clearly, the disease is going to hit Vietnam probably before it hits the United States. Their system of government and their way of life is vastly different than ours. It's not quite at our level. It's considered a third world country, right? Why didn't it wipe out Vietnam? Hmm? Why hasn't it wiped out the Philippines? Now, Rodrigo Duterte is out there. He's mad, you know, that people are not doing the social distance. Now, their numbers are in the, in the hundreds, in the Philippines and, and Vietnam. Why? 
Why, Governor? Because of exactly what you said. Yes, high humidity and high heat. Florida has a spike. Florida is always going to spike because it has people coming in and out, people visiting all the time. Spring breakers are now summer vacationers. So it, it's one of those situations where people are going to import the virus like they did in New York. Cuomo now quarantining or, or going to quarantine people from Florida and from Texas. Fine, you know, you want to restrict travel. You want to restrict commerce. That's what you're doing. You're going to harm your own budget again. But we know what Cuomo is going to do. He's going to have his hand out to the federal government and say, hey, listen, you need to bail me out. So Newsom is on to something here. Yes. As again, we know from the research, and this is what kills me, these pools shut down. Especially in places like, say, Stockton, California, or Bakersfield, California. It's 110 degrees outside right now. Nothing, including a virus, is going to live on the pool equipment, okay? You don't have to stack it up and not let people use it. You don't have to send a pool boy out there with the sanitizer to clean it. Nothing is going to live. You can't even touch the stuff. It gets so hot. This is insanity. Another scene from a movie popped in my head. MASH, right? This is insanity. This isn't a, a medical unit. This is an insane asylum. Wasn't that what Hot Lips said? Roll tape. have to sober up to this reality. We're still in the first wave. Stop tape. Actually, the governor is correct here. There is no, quote, second wave. This is the natural progression of a virus through a society. And what the genius governor with slick hair in Sacramento, California, did was delay the inevitable. And that's why we're seeing, quote, a spike now. Because he had everybody shelter in place. And once they got out, well, the virus started taking off again. It's just common sense. But it proves what I've been saying all along. That these ding-dongs, I just wish the people of California would listen to this. That these ding-dong genius politicians have zero control over a virus. Zero control. There is not a shred of evidence that anything, Newsom and Pritzker and Cuomo and Wolf and Murphy in New Jersey... And Whitmer in Michigan, there's not a shred of evidence that any of what these blue state governors have done has altered the course of this virus moving through our society. And this proves it. And this is another reason why he's so upset. It proves what I've been saying all along. That mankind doesn't have the ability to stop a virus. We can mitigate things a little bit. We can wash our hands. We can not do stupid. But I'm a clean freak anyway. I've been this way since probably my 20s where I don't touch door handles and bathrooms and I use paper towels. And I'm a little bit of a clean freak. And yeah, you know, once in a while I get a cold. It's inevitable, right? But I'm not afraid at the gym. I don't even wear any gloves at the gym. I'm very mindful that everything I touch is a germ cesspool <laughs> but the risk reward it's not even close and I gotta tell you something I can't tell you how much I have missed the gym 
And during these three months of a shutdown, just the endorphins that were lacking uh, in me, and they just came rushing back when I was in the gym for the first time last week, and I love it. And it shows me that I need to continue one way or another, whether I go to a private gym or maybe I build my own. Bottom line is, I'm not going to go through this again. I am not. And so when you add all of this up, the attacks on our culture by Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and all the self-loathing white people that want to destroy our culture, and then the attack on liberty by Gavin Newsom and company. Are the American people at a break point here? The summer of discontent. It really is, you go on social media, it's political overload. And in the end, it's sowing division in this country like we've never seen. So how far are you going to push the American people? How far are you going to push people who don't agree with Black Lives Matter and don't agree with wearing a mask? How far can we push the American people? Are we at the break point in this country? This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way. The Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs>